Oh yeah, Freddie Mercury is it? <laughs> Take the stand away. <laughs> Wee <Wait>, oh. <laughs> Wee oh. The Germans and they're in trouble. Alcantara couldn't do it. Lineker probably could. And he had the equalised. It's Gary Welcome everybody to the Final Countdown, a podcast looking back at great finals within the game of football. I am Lewis, here once again with my co-host Adam. Hello there. Hello. So we are continuing our series looking at great World Cup finals. Uh, We are going to be completists on this, so we will be reviewing every single World Cup final originally to coincide with the new year, but due to scheduling in life. It looks like that might overrun, but uh, we are starting to take requests for our next uh, final series. So if you've got an idea of a final that you want covered, uh, do get in touch, let us know, leave a review, follow, subscribe, like, all the different things that all the the podcasts like you to do. Um, So, Adam, it is your turn with the report today. It's the 1962 1962. World Cup final. Uh, Over to you. Well, last week we started with the uh, introduction of a... A little known boy from Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Every time for the next, well, the next three I didn't even plan to. That's not written down. It's just, it's just natural. Uh, I did enjoy the fact that you found the clip. Oh, the, it wasn't Phoenix of the Flames, but it was, it was the, fancy, enough, yeah. Yeah, the fancy football. Yeah, deal and fantastic. Sorry, so Pele um, took the world by storm in 1958 in the uh, Sweden World Cup, uh, scoring twice in the final and an iconic goal in particular, as Brazil won. 62 was kind of billed as, you know, Pelé and Garincha are going to rule the world again. Sure. And in many ways that kind of happened, uh, but in other ways uh, it didn't. But we will get there because there is a great bit of narrative. This is what we like. Yep. Uh, to set up. So, the 1962 World Cup was hosted by Chile. Yes. Right? So, a bit yep. random. Down in South America, back in South America again. Obviously, uh, we've had this before where Europe have hosted two in a row and South America kick off. Sure, yeah. Um, and they, they've threatened to boycott. It happened again. So, Europe had hosted two consecutive World Cups, 1954 in Switzerland, 58 in Sweden. So, the American federations claimed that the 62 edition must be held in South America or they would completely boycott the tournament. All of the South American teams. Well, that's a show unity, isn't it? I yeah. guess it's probably the only thing the South Americans actually agree with each other on. Yeah. Because it's not the, you know, the most diplomatic down right. there in terms of football. Lots of rivalries, lots of hatred. This so it. the fact they could all come under one banner and say, nope, it has to be with us. I like it's, it. it's great about these sporting. They just bring everything together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Through just bitterness and spite. <laughs> that's what really unites the, the world. So similar to, well, not similar really, but in 1938, um, Jules Rimet had brought the, the World Cup staging back to France, two in yeah. a row. South America kicked right off. Obviously, the war delayed that a little bit, and it did end up going to Brazil in, in 1950. So almost exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. We want to probably chart this because I suspect it ends up becoming alter- alternate. Yeah, um, sure. As more, I mean, we're talking about two continents. 
at the moment. There yeah. are other continents that... <laughs> other uh, continents are available. Yeah, this exactly. is the balance of the uh, non-BBC podcast that we have. Yes, exactly. Um, so anyway, so there's a great story with how Chile ended up getting uh, the World Cup. So Argentina were absolute favourites. Um, Uruguay hosted, Brazil hosted, so the next obvious choice was the next biggest country, sure. next biggest footballing nation, Argentina. Um, so they were favourites. But Carlos Ditborn... Ditborn. Ditborn, okay, that's right. important, because yeah. he's a bit of a hero of this story. Oh, good. And Juan Pinto Durden uh, were heads of the Chile uh, Football Federation, and they were passionate and dedicated to bringing the World Cup uh, back to Chile. So they'd done a lot of kind of uh, what it, lobbying. lobbying. Yeah, so lobbying of other FIFA members and uh, getting to know uh, different people who would uh, make the vote and all the rest. Anyway, on June the 10th, 1956, the FIFA Congress met in Lisbon, in Portugal, ironically, in Europe, uh, <laughs> uh, and um, to kind of make the decision on... Sure. And So the way they did it back then, I don't... I really never follow, because I just think it's absolutely corrupt. I've never really followed how this goes about, but they made speeches to mm-hmm. kind of pitch. Is that similar to what happens now? Other than I mean, the in theory, yeah, exactly. In theory, uh, I think it was for the Russia World Cup. There was great speeches. Everyone lobbied with like the logical reasons to give. Yeah. And then when the delegates were sent back to their hotel rooms, there were fifty thousand yes. pound watches that were yeah. being delivered by the Russian as a bit as a gift for nothing. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. you know, it's we on want the speeches. Nice. It's on the speeches, guys. But yeah, was it ex BBC director Greg Dyke? Was he oh, FA? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, got he in was, trouble because yeah. he accepted yeah. the watch, not understanding that you know it was yeah, <laughs> yeah right, like you say, corruption Whatever, through and through, but. In theory, it's supposed to be about who can give the best proposal, yeah. the best reasons, and obviously have a place that's well, logistically able then, to do it. Then maybe, let's say, in the more innocent age, this was what happened this day. Because anyway, so Raul Colombo, representing Argentina's, Argentina's candidacy, ended his speech with a famous phrase, we can start the World Cup tomorrow, we have it all. Oh, that is a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's... That's your mic drop. Absolutely, that's a JFK moment right there. So that that's... The, and that became quite a famous phrase because of what Carlos Dittborn then did. Carlos Dittborn got up and did his speech. He invoked Article 2 of the FIFA statutes that addressed the tournament's role in promoting the sport in countries that were deemed underdeveloped. Interesting. But what's really good about what you've brought up, obviously, I know you'll ex- elaborate, yeah. but this was, this was the ruling that Qatar leaned on in order to... Right. Um, try and legitimise their bid. But anyway, right, okay, on. fine. So he invoked that. Ne- this had never been done or anything like that. So this was a part of you know the, the FIFA kind of constitution, if you like, and he invoked it against all the FIFA members. Yeah. And then in a counterpoint, he finished his speech, uh, a counterpoint to Colombo's claim we uh, that we have it all. Dittborn coined the phrase, because we have nothing, we want to do it all. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Chile, Dittborn, what a legend. Chile then won by 32 votes to 10. Wow, Argentina. that is incredible, yeah, isn't it? What a great win. So going into the conference, they, you know, Argentina were going to get the World Cup. And this turned, well, as far as history tells yeah, sure. it, this turned uh, the story. That's brilliant. That's really good. So it doesn't stop there. Carlos Dittborn doesn't stop there. It's an amazing story. So in May 1960, as preparations were well underway, so two years before the World Cup, Chile suffered the largest earthquake ever recorded at that point, yeah. 9.5 magnitude, which is amazing because that happened in Mexico in 86. Do you remember? Oh, you wouldn't remember oh, that. I, was, I don't yeah, quite yeah. remember that. So Mexico in 86, very similar thing. We'll cover this, but an earthquake, I think it was a year before the World Cup, um, Mexico went on uh, to host it. Uh, this was a bigger earthquake, 9.5. It caused enormous damage to the national infrastructure. Yeah. Carlos Dittborn did everything he could to raise money, generate support, and get all the works completed. Uh, stadium and other infrastructure were rebuilt at record speed and the tournament occurred on schedule with no major organisational flow. Amazing. 
That's no. a way to back up a claim, isn't it? Right, but unfortunately, how there isn't a film about this, I don't sure. know, but the story ends rather sadly. Mm. Carlos Dittborn had worked, as far as people were concerned around him, so much, so cr- many crazy hours, all the rest of it. He didn't live to see the success oh. of his efforts. He died one month before the start of the tournament. Poor bloke. Isn't that wow. incredible? Like, An amazing legacy to leave ridiculous. behind, but yeah, really sad. So the World Cup venue in Araka was named Estadio Carlos Dittborn in oh, his honour cool. and bears his name to this day. That's lovely. That's really nice. Yeah, quality. Yeah, I like Incredible that. story. So wow. obviously overcame Argentina and then overcame a massive earthquake and Chile hosted, but unfortunately Carlos didn't see that. Oh, captain, my captain. Absolutely. So fair play to Carlos Dittborn uh, to get in the World Cup in Chile. Um, the World Cup itself were a little bit different. Uh, was a little bit different uh, in a few uh, things as the game modernised. Uh, so from the quarterfinals on with the knockout phase, there would be 30 minutes of extra time for the first time uh, when the match ended in a draw. And then, <laughs> and then lots would be drawn if the match was still drawn after 30 minutes of extra time. I know we've gone through a lot of different options on, oh, it should be golden goal, it should be silver goal, it should be extra time, it should be penalties, it should be... But surely lots is like... It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, just the idea. Yeah. How unsatisfying would yeah. that be for you to win, to have, like, yeah, gone for Literally blood and glory for 120 minutes and then it's just like, yeah. heads. Literally oh, cool, a toss of the coin, yeah. Uh, it's nuts. To, yeah. Like, semi-final of a World Cup. Can't separate yeah. the teams. Nil, 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 nil. Extra time, nil, nil. Toss a coin, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to the final? Who's calling it? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So I remember in 1990, they still used toss of the coin, but only to, if you remember in England's group, Republic of Ireland and Holland were absolutely level on all of yeah, the criteria. Yeah, goal difference and everything. So they tossed a coin to decide who would finish second and who would finish third in the group. Both Is went. Right? Yeah, both went through. Right, okay. But obviously one, I think... Holland played Germany. Germany, yeah, so you had the harder draw. And Ireland played Romania. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky the Irish, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's crazy. Even now, in 1990, it was well, still being used. Now it goes really granular yeah. to get rid of it. So now it's like, um, obviously, goals for, goals against. If, Isn't it depending shots on, your guns, on shots target? Shots on that? target, corners conceded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, sorry, not conceded, corners created. Or, attacking intent, basically. Exactly, it, yeah. yeah. So it goes down really granular to yeah. the point of, if you, I think it's 11 factors, and if after those 11, it is a coin, to ask, yeah. obviously that would never ever ever happen but yeah we need to look into that whether 1990 was the last time the toss of a coin it's was used be. to decide I, I certainly don't remember anything major like international him. progress yeah it's got to be it's crazy so anyway back in 62 if you drew in the semis or the quarters um, you were in, in an extra time you would have a, a toss coin toss coin. away yep so anyway as the competition began and you love this is like our, uh, Lewis's arousal window uh, <laughs> you've been to my house have you <laughs> <laughs> so many other jokes there, but I'm going to just, just stop. Just withhold, yeah. yeah. Uh, as the competition began, a shift in strategy was imminent. Uh, defensive strategies began to take hold as the average goals per match dropped to 2.78 goals per game, mm-hmm. under three for the first time in World Cup history. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Because now I think France 98 might have the record for the lowest goals ever. Interesting. My next point was the average has never been above three since. Yeah. So it, it does become that thing of tournaments being won by teams that are defensively, defensively solid. Everyone yeah. talks about the Spain team of like 2010 being incredible, yeah. but they won pretty much all of their games, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Like they were just solid at the back. It's yeah. about teams just not losing. Enough, yeah. Obviously Greece and the Euros we've already yeah, yeah, covered, yeah, yeah. but it is tournament football is much more about how defensively sound you are than... Yeah, how there's no real way, no real way to know this, but it does make you wonder. In one, in the most, apart from maybe 1970, the the most dominant attacking team winning like they did. Yeah, 
you wonder if teams are just like, we can't afford to attack teams like that. No. Yeah, so we, really we've got to just defend and stay in the game yeah, um, for as long as they can. Yeah, sure. Uh, but interestingly, almost everybody kind of adopted, adopted that at the same time. Um, so much so that the, the average goals per game dropped so dramatically between 58 and 62 and then never recovered uh, as, the, as the years went by. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of setup. So in a way, that almost gives us a little bit of a headline for 62 because it's quite renowned as a dour World Cup. Interesting. Um, there's there's some headlines which we'll get to, but on the whole, it's not known as the classic of 1970 or yeah, 1990 sure. or anything like that. It's uh, a little bit of a forgotten tournament for good reason. The final itself um, was held, to set this up, was held at the Stadio Nacional in Santiago. San Diego. <laughs> I think I'm going Anchorman there. Yeah, that's San, no, Diego. San Diego, but it's too close to not do the impression. Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. No, there's no way that's correct. <laughs> This is going to have to go down as an explicit episode just with that one reference now. If you're listening to this in the car with your children, good luck explaining what that is. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, in Santiago, it was contested, interestingly, between Czechoslovakia and Brazil, who were, or who had also played in the group stages. Right, okay. In that, that how many times? A lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's because there's less teams. I think so, which interestingly, in 66, um, well, I'll touch on it next time, yeah. but a lot more teams. It, in fact, just to step on next week's report, mm. uh, has the most teams ever of a World Cup. 70 teams were invited into the 66 World Cup. Qualifiers. 70. Qualifiers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Um, and then something dramatic happens, which means that, that drastically drops, right, but I'll okay. leave that cliffhanger for next week. Fantastic. Uh, Santiago. Is it, is it the, the FA decided they didn't like a lot of people? It's actually not that far. It really isn't that Brilliant. far from that. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to oh, something that is not that glorious next week. So, okay, rewind four years. Czechoslovakia, Brazil, they had met in the group, uh, but drew nil-nil significantly. There's Czechoslovakia trying not to let yeah, sure. Brazil score. Um, also, interestingly, and this happened, you'll touch on this, I'm sure, the world worked out the way to deal with flair players. Kick, Kick them. them. Yeah. <laughs> So that was Czechoslovakia's um, uh, way of dealing with Pele. Uh, he was injured in the in the 0-0 draw and he would miss the rest of the tournament, which was huge. Yeah, sure. Especially in Brazil. Holders, you know, the, the, the glory lad, he was 21 years old at this point, you know, kind of reaching his peak. Although, he, in fairness to him, he probably didn't reach his peak until eight years later. Yeah, which is but, amazing. But who knew? Yeah. Uh, at this point, you were kind of thinking, 21-year-old Pele, this is as good as it's going to yeah. get. And he was out second game of the, of the tournament, which is nuts. But even without Pele, a Garincha-inspired Brazil, who we uh, focused on last uh, week, uh, knocked out much-fancied England in the quarterfinals. So England, uh, would you say it's underperforming quarterfinal exit against Brazil? Maybe par? Well, I think, obviously, we go back to our European Cup final coverage, and England were becoming a major powerhouse. And in those days... In Europe, when you were ruled as an English team, it meant you were an English team. Yeah, yeah, of course. As opposed to the you know, multinational uh, situation we have now. So, you know, there was big players, Man United, Tottenham's, you know, even if Everton's not so much Everton, Liverpool's. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, so you've got a situation where England were probably fancied yeah, in sure. the sense that they had some relatively ma- uh, world-class players. And it's really the first World Cup that England did anything of note. Like every World Cup that we'd entered right. previously, obviously yeah. didn't enter the first couple. Yeah. But then every World Cup before that, we been pretty pretty dismal absolutely yeah yeah that's totally true and um so interestingly the Garincha ran rings around England's defense scoring twice Garincha as they won 3-1 but the game is remembered for a different reason do you know what that is not a clue Brazil 
versus England is most remembered for a dog running on the pitch. So I came across this. You tell the story. I came across this in my research for next week's episode. Take it away. So a dog invaded the pitch for a few minutes during the quarterfinal between Brazil and England. Nobody could catch up with him. England striker Jimmy Jimmy Greaves Greaves. chased down the dog and caught him. (laughs) Then the dog pissed on his shirt. (laughs) I didn't know about that bit of the story, so I'm glad you took that. Yeah, the dog pissed on his shirt. And the footage is of Jimmy Greaves kind of like wiping his hands as he he handed this dog. So he got got down on all fours to beckon the dog. He did, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Kind of became a dog. Uh, and it managed to attract the dog and then the dog peed on him. So You'd that, love that. In today's day and age, there'd instantly be a parody Twitter account of the dog set up <laughs> and his commentating Jimmy on Jimmy Cruz's dog, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that we've got dog content this week and a lot next week as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Is it Pickles? Good memory. Look Fantastic. at this. There we go. So uh, also, and probably more famously, the tournament was marred by violence between players on the pitch and a toxic atmosphere throughout the tournament, really, but most significantly in a match between Chile and Italy, which became known as the Battle of Santiago. Santiago. One of a number of violent matches, but probably the most violent World Cup match ever. Ever, but maybe through um, coverage. Sure. Because yeah. there's been other, I think we, um, we Battle of Burn, it, yeah. didn't we, in 54. But this one was kind of beginning to be seen yeah. um, by the world at large. Uh, and it wasn't a great look. No, literal punches being yeah. thrown and everything, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, it's a dirty game. It's well, it poli- violent. Police intervention. Wow. In a football match. Yeah. Like, it's just, and this wasn't fans. Yeah. This was the yeah, players. The players. It's crazy. So it got its nickname for the level of violence. Two, only two players were sent off, but two players were sent off. Numerous punches thrown throughout, uh, and police intervention, as I said, required four times in ninety minutes. Good evening. The game you're about to see is the most stupid, appalling, disgusting, and disgraceful exhibition of football possibly in the history of the game. Chile versus Italy. This is the first time the two countries have met. We hope it will be the last. The national motto of Chile reads by reason or by force. Today, the Chileans were prepared to be reasonable. The Italians only use force. And the result was a disaster for the World Cup. You at home may well think that teams that play in this manner ought to be expelled immediately from the competition. Just see what you think. So I mentioned this uh, very quickly last uh, week, and this is a a great little nugget and a brilliant bit of um, uh, trivia. The referee that day was England's Ken Aston. Uh, who was so affected by this game and the lack of control he felt he had mm-hmm. to be able to do anything. Yeah, sure. He then went on to invent and then suggest and to the FA and the FA then um, uh, got it through to FIFA, yellow and red cards. Amazing. Isn't Absolutely that cool? amazing. That is really cool. So, I, had, I had no idea it was literally invented from... So a referee this, in charge yeah. of a World Cup game lost control or felt like he lost control and didn't have anything other than sending off but didn't want to send off yeah. you know, constantly came up with what we know as yellow and red cards. Amazing. Yeah. Fair play. There we go. Well done, Ken. I don't think you've ever got the plaudits before, um, but, you know, we're thankful for that. We need to approach him and see if he'll come on the pod. Given he's probably in his 90s, I won't look into whether he's still alive or not, but or if he was 30 odd in 60s, I think he's probably died, man. Yeah. But if you're out there, get in touch. <laughs> if you're out there, listen to a football podcast. <laughs> he just scours every football co- podcast waiting for his uh, name to come up. He just wants, you now have your 15 minutes of fame. We need to put a tag on yeah. this, on this <laughs> one. Ken Aston, just in case you're searching every week. Anyway, on that, we will get finally into the match.
Okay, after 15 minutes, a very familiar thing happened with Brazil in a major, uh, well, not just World Cup, but in a major match. Let me guess. They went behind. They went behind. Yes. It is weird, isn't it? Like for a, such a footballing powerhouse. I do wonder, obviously we've spoken a lot about this tournament in particular being quite defensive, but we did also speak about uh, Brazil and Sweden last week, talking about the fact that um, Sweden were like, if we can score first, if we can go and surprise Brazil, if we can attack them, mm. they won't be expecting it. It does seem to be like in the final, people go, if we sit back, we will get picked off. Yeah. So maybe we'll jump on them early yeah. and just hope we get a, a bit of a shot. And we, al- we also know from your report last week that Brazil did tend to just go for it. Yeah, yeah from exactly, the start. from the start. So they wouldn't have been like, you know, tiptoeing around, they would have gone for it. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right, maybe that's the best time to try and score. Maybe, because was it the Soviet Union, the, the best three minutes of football ever seen? Yeah, that's like, what I was They thinking. hit the post yeah, yeah, twice yeah. within three minutes. Trouble is, mate, if you score early, you get what I call the Luke Shaw effect. <laughs> what, you mean life peaks and then it just goes downhill from there? It's too early, Lewis. It's too, too early. early. That old cliche. I mean, in theory, it's never bad to score a goal, but it genuinely is when you're four minutes in to a final or even two minutes. What was Luke Shaw? Two minutes? Three minutes, Three minutes. Yeah. What a moment though, eh? Oh, life peaked in that moment. Luke Shaw arriving. I was ready to get his face tattooed over my back. I thought you were going to say your, his face over your face. I thought I was going to go there and I thought that's even too abstract yeah, for me. I thought that would work. Anyway, so there's a, a weird little nugget here that has nothing to do with football, but I just couldn't help but notice it. Brazil found themselves a goal behind in the World Cup final after 15 minutes as a long ball from Adolf Schreer. It's 1962. Oh, and somebody's still Adolf being called Adolf. Adolf Schreer is 20. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Awkward. <laughs> Hello, little Adolf. You can imagine just being in the town square, everyone turning around. Adolf, come back. Adolf, what is... I mean, there's no other, like, that's how they came up with the name. There's no other way to think about that. No, you're right. Yeah. Very murky. So, good old Addy. Uh, (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe always... Oh, my name's Ad. Ad. It's just Ad. It's just Ad. Dear. So, anyway, a long ball over from him. Uh, was latched on to uh, Josef Mathust, who who put Czechoslovakia 1-0 ahead. Um, And I think... If it weren't Brazil, it probably would have shocked everybody. But yeah. in a way, the reports almost kind of gave them a goal head start. It How was bizarre. a bit random. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like, as a matter of course, Czechoslovakia took the lead. And then, uh, to illustrate the point, four of the previous six finals, the team going ahead first ended up losing the final. So it wasn't just Brazil. That's a strange... Like, I, I don't... Surely, it'll be interesting as we move further, but yeah. I can't imagine that's the case... Surely it's swung the other way now. I can't think of many teams that took the lead in a final and then threw it away no. in recent memory. Most teams that score first, I well, think. Well, from weird World Cup trivia brain memory, it doesn't happen again until 74. Yeah, so, yeah, it's strange yeah. that early on it was like yeah. that was the kiss of death going a goal up. Maybe it's like we're talking about as the as the tactics changed. People were kind of developing, you know, how because obviously it was ultra defensive. Yeah, that was sure. how you tried to win this game, uh, win these games uh, against a powerhouse like Brazil, who were going to do nothing but attack. Yeah. But anyway, in this case, history was to repeat itself again. Brazil, having famously gone behind four years earlier, hit back this time quicker, equalising two minutes later through Amarildo after an error by the previously flawless Czechoslovakian goalkeeper Schroff. Uh, he'll come up again. Uh, unfortunately, for, he was named in the team of the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, had his worst game in the final. In the final. Not a big game play, you know? No. Uh, which I feel like that's a bit of a thread. Goalkeepers having a stinker in the final. In the we had final, the, the yeah. guy, that, the sad story, Barbosa, yeah, was it? Barbosa, yeah. Um, yeah, so a bit of a weird thing there. So, uh, yeah, so they went in, um, uh, yeah, one all at halftime. In the second half, Brazil, it was all Brazil. 
Yeah. Like Czechoslovakia might as well have not come out. They might as well have just sent out Jimmy Greaves' dog <laughs> for all, all the good that they did. Just to piss all over the pitch. Yeah, Brazil, <laughs> Brazil were all over them. Uh, Amarildo, Garincha. Uh, interestingly, another. What was it you the nickname for Garincha you found? Little Bird. Little Bird. Another one that he had, which obviously makes sense with your description, was sure. the Angel with Twisted Legs. Oh, that's good. It's that's cool, even better. Yeah, I'd love that. That's so great. if you didn't listen last week, he was born with his left leg facing out and his right leg facing in. Yeah, that's right. And a six centimetre difference. Between the two That's legs. That's right. Yeah. So I think you. I listened to it. the doctor said that he he was crippled. Crippled. That was yeah. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, amazing that he dominated both fifty eight and sixty two um, uh, World Cup. So Amarildo, Garincha, and Vava uh, dominated. Vava was one of the joint top scorers, which we'll come back to in a second. Random joint top scorer list uh, for this World Cup. Um, Brazil scored their second goal in in the 69th minute when Amarildo played Zito through and he finished calmly past Shroff, who could do nothing diving the wrong way. As I said, he'd been the best goalkeeper in the tournament but was and was widely credited for getting Czechoslovakia to the final. It's always cruel when that happens. Though, it is, isn't when, it? You, when you have your 15 minutes of fame, you think, oh, this could be my tournament. And yeah. then when it matters most... And he must have felt like 10 feet tall walking out yeah, for the final. Yeah. But he had a nightmare on Sad. this day. And the third goal in some ways kind of illustrates that completely. The 78th minute, um, Brazil 2-1 up. So Czechoslovakia is still in the game, but not really. In theory. When, yeah. <laughs> Vava, as I mentioned, became joint top scorer when Schroff made another error to gift the Brazilians a cushion. The ball cannoning off Schroff, he should have held it, didn't. And it just straight into Vava. Um, and even then, Schroff, you kind of think, why didn't he dive at mm. Vava's feet? And he doesn't. It's a bit... A bit it's sad. just a mess. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit sad to watch. So Vava also um, becoming the first player uh, to have scored in two World Cup finals. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Which, and this is a bit of a scan of history. Has anyone else done that? Muller didn't do it. Rossi didn't do it. Vola didn't do it. Ronaldo didn't do it. Zidane? No, he didn't play in two, did he? Oh, wait, no. Zidane did play in two. Finals? Yeah. Because he, he got sent off against Italy in the final. Oh, didn't he? he didn't score though, did he? he? Chips his penalty, doesn't he? Penenka's his penalty. Does he? I think he penalty. Yeah, in the World Cup final. Okay. I think it's one of those games which I'll edit this out if this is. No, isn't I think true. you're right. Yeah. But I think he penenka's the penalty and is obviously just mm. a cut above everyone on the pitch, and then he goes mental, yeah. headbutts Matarazzi, and so you get the microcosm of everything Zidane was, yeah, this yeah. mercurial talent yeah, yeah, that was a law unto himself in the same game yeah. at the biggest stage. I'm I'm pretty certain. No, I think that's you're correct. right, yeah. Zidane. So Zidane. Yeah, there we go. Look at the scan of history. Look at this, like yeah, that, pulling mate. it Very straight good. off the top of the dome. Very <laughs> impressive. So Vava and Zidane are the two players to score World Cup finals. So I've just realised how wrong we are. Pele. Oh, of course, yeah. How have we missed that one? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> We've come back down to earth now. What are we, we doing? Both of us riding high oh, and then yeah. humbled. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, I want that. We'll go to the aftermath. <laughs> well, you have just witnessed... 90 of the most gripping minutes of European football you will ever, ever see. But the good news is there's more to come. Okay, so uh, just a few things to kind of... Uh kind of cover, if you like, uh, on what was largely quite a difficult tournament to cover, if I'm honest. Um, only This is the only tournament where there were six top goal scorers. Wow, Incredible. that's good. So four goals each. So I kind of, again, illustrating the fact that no one really... No one ran away with it. Yeah, no one dominated. Um, so yeah, six top goal scorers, Vava being one of them. I could name them, but I didn't look them up. No, just Vava and others. Vava and others, because this is Brazil, Czechoslovakia. The others weren't Czechoslovakian players. Yeah, there so we there go. we go. 
This World Cup was known for the defensive playing style, as we talked about. Uh, it's actually got a name called the Catanacho. Catanacho, yeah, that was uh, pioneered by the Italians. Yes, it was. Very good. Uh, many of the teams adopted this system, which was used not to win matches, but to avoid losing them. It was very much epitomised when... Fabio Capello took AC Milan oh, yeah. to a Scudetto, a Serie A title. You love it. I do love it. And I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty certain in like a 36-game season, I think they scored 32 goals and won the league. Really? Something like that. It That's was just 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. Absolutely, Ooh. yeah. To think I was <laughs> How hope- dismal. I was hopeful when we got Capello. But like- so was I after qualifying. I thought this is it. Oh, we never then- bloody lost the game. I know. Astounding stuff. Thanks, Fab. <laughs> Living up to your name there, aren't Thanks, you? Thanks, Fab. Uh, so and interestingly as well I'm sure you'll cover this this was the last World Cup not to be televised live in Europe I did not know that that's yeah. interesting I do have a little televisual fact for next week yeah but. so obviously 66 uh, is televised live in Europe which uh, changed due to the arrival of the Telstar satellite that is very good so that's why that was able to happen nothing to do with the fact that it was in England although I'm sure the money from the English probably helped yeah um, but yeah, so this wasn't uh, uh, broadcast live in Europe, which is nuts. You think about that, like yeah. you just listen on you the radio. Just, I was I'm about to say it would be the wireless, wouldn't it? The old wireless. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. So this was only the second successful defense of the World Cup title in, hit in the history of the tournament, uh, which we know obviously Italy did it in thirty-four yeah. and thirty-eight. Brazil then did it in 50, 58 and sixty-two. No, no team one since has achieved it since. If anything, it's become the curse, hasn't it? If you win like struggling to qualify the yeah. next time or yeah. getting knocked out in the group stages yeah. is like a very consistent result. And it's so interesting, even in microcosm of like Liverpool are a good example this season where be- because they poured out so much last season, yeah. have they, are they now suffering from some weird psychological hangover effect? And it's similar with like, if you've gone to the final, if you've won it, if you've given everything and you've mm. poured out all that emotion, how do you then reset yourself to kind of yeah. go again almost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there we go. So that's the 62 uh, World Cup. Whilst Brazil absolutely dominated. And I've got a little bit of a thing here just before you start the jingle and play me out. Sure. Is Pelé's legacy World Cup overstated? That is a that is a bombshell of a mm. question to ask. I think we're going to answer that question over the next few because you've got 58 unbelievably dominant, 62 yeah. injured in the second game, 66 injured early on, yeah. and 1970, I think, almost glosses over the fact that those the two World two Cups in the middle. Before. Yeah, it's a bit... And yet you could argue that to feature in that many World Cups in any That way, alone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're talking two games in Chile and however many games in England. Yeah. Not many at all. Wow. But there we go. Last bit, Czechoslovakia, who had made two finals in the first seven World Cups. Two finals in the first seven World Cups. Ratio. They unfortunately, it n- never got any better for them. They won't only went past the group stage once more in their history. That's interesting. When did they disband? That might be too much for us to ask. Uh, because obviously that would weight weaken your pool significantly. True. If you they are. were the Czech Republic in 96. You were 96. Go. So I'm guessing just Well, they still had a lot of time to, yeah, to and come they, back. And they were European champions in 76. Right. Because they beat Germany in the first penalty shootout. Oh, yeah, of course. Where the Penenka was crowned. There we go. Of course. Yeah. But that, my friend, is the 1962 World Cup. You're going to lead us home next week. I am going to lead us home. It's coming home. Ladies and gentlemen, join us next week for the 1966 World Cup final. 